Section 49, the last section of Yiddish Tales, translated by Helena Frank, and read by Adrian Pretzelus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 49, The Clever Rabbi, a folk tale by Anonymous. The power of man's imagination, said my grandmother, is very great. Hereby hangs a tale which, to our sorrow, is a true one, and as clear as daylight. Listen attentively, Yingala, it will interest you very much. Not far from this town of ours lived an old Count, who believed that Jews require blood at Passover, Christian blood too, for their Passover matzah. The Count, in his brandy distillery, had a Jewish overseer, a very honest, respectable fellow. The Count loved him for his honesty, and was very kind to him, and the Jew, though he was a simple man and no scholar, was very well disposed, and served the Count with heart and soul. He would have gone through fire and water at the Count's bidding, for it is in the nature of a Jew to be faithful and to love good men. The Count often discussed business matters with him, and took pleasure in hearing about the customs and observances of the Jews. One day the Count said to him, "'Tell me the truth. Do you love me with your whole heart?' "'Yes,' replied the Jew. "'I love you as myself.' "'Not true.' said the Count, I shall prove to you that you hate me even unto death. Hold! cried the Jew. Why does my Lord say such terrible things? The Count smiled, and answered, Let me tell you. I know quite well that Jews must have Christian blood for their Passover feast. Now, what would you do if I were the only Christian you could find? You would have to kill me, because the rabbis have said so. Indeed, I can scarcely hold you to blame, since, according to your false notions, the divine command is precious, even when it tells us to commit murder. I should be no more to you than was Isaac to Abraham, when, at God's command, Abraham was about to slay his only son. Know, however, that the God of Abraham is a God of mercy and loving-kindness, while the God the rabbis have created is full of hatred towards Christians. How, then, can you say you love me?" The Jew clapped his hands to his head. He tore his hair in distress, and felt no pain and with a broken heart he answered the Count, and said, "'How long will you Christians suffer this stain on your pure hearts? How long will you disgrace yourselves? Does not my Lord know that this is a great lie? I, as a believing Jew, and many beside me as believing Jews, we ourselves, I say, with our own hands, grind the corn. We keep the flour from getting damp or wet with anything, for if only a little dew drop onto it, it is prohibited for us as though it had yeast. 
till the day on which the matzah is baked we keep the flour as the apple of our eye and when the flour is baked and we are eating the matzah even then we are not sure of swallowing it because if our gums should begin to bleed we have to spit the piece out and in face of all these stringent regulations against eating the blood of even beasts and birds some people say that jews require human blood for their passover matzah and swear to it as a fact what does my lord suppose we are likely to think of such people we know that they swear falsely and a false oath is of all things the worst the count was touched to the heart by these words and these two men being both upright and without guile believed one the other the count believed the jew that is he believed that the jew did not know the truth of the matter because he was poor and untaught while the rabbis all the time most certainly used blood at passover only they kept it a secret from the people and he said as much to the jew who in his turn believed the count because he knew him to be an honourable man and so it was that he began to have his doubts and when the count on different occasions repeated the same words the jew said to himself that perhaps after all it was partly true but there must be something in it the count would never tell him a lie and he carried the thought about with him for some time now the jew found increasing favour in his master's eyes the count lent him money to trade with and god prospered the jew in everything he undertook thanks to the count he grew rich the jew had a kind heart and was much given to good works as is the way with jews he was very charitable and succoured all the poor in the neighbouring town and he assisted the rabbis and the pious in all the places round about and earned for himself a great and beautiful name for he was known to all as the benefactor the rabbis gave him the honour due to a pious and influential jew who is a wealthy man and charitable into the bargain but the jew was thinking now the rabbis will let me into the secret which is theirs and which they share only with those who are at once pious and rich that great and pious jews must have blood for the passover for a long time he lived in hope but the rabbis told him nothing the subject was not once mentioned but the jew felt sure that the count would never have lied to him and he gave more liberally than before thinking perhaps after all it was too little he assisted the rabbi of the nearest town for a whole year so that the rabbi opened his eyes in astonishment he gave him more than half of what is sufficient for a livelihood when it was near passover the jew drove into the little town to visit the rabbi who received him with open arms and gave him honour unto the most powerful and wealthy benefactor and all the representative men of the community 
paid him their respects, thought the Jew, now they will tell me of the commandment which is not given to every Jew to observe. As the rabbi, however, told him nothing, the Jew remained to remind the rabbi, as it were, of his duty. Rabbi, said the Jew, I have something very particular to say to you. Let us go into a room where we two shall be alone. So the rabbi went with him into an empty room, shut the door, and said, Dear friend, what is your wish? Do not be abashed, but speak freely, and tell me what it is I can do for you. Dear Rabbi, I am, you must know, already acquainted with the fact that Jews require blood at Passover. I know also that it is a secret belonging only to the Rabbis, to very pious Jews, and to the wealthy who give much alms. And I, who am, as you know, a very charitable and good Jew, wish also to comply, if only once in my life, with this great observance. You need not be alarmed, dear Rabbi, I will never betray the secret, but will make you happy for ever, if you will enable me to fulfil so great a command. If, however, you deny its existence, and declare that Jews do not require blood, from that moment I become your bitter enemy. And why should I be treated worse than any other pious Jew? I too want to perform the great mitzvah which God gave in secret. I am not learned in the law, but a great and wealthy Jew, and one given to good works, that I am, in very truth." You can fancy, said my grandmother, the rabbi's horror on hearing such words from a Jew, a simple countryman. They pierced him to the quick, like sharp arrows. He saw that the Jew believed in all sincerity that his co-religionists used blood at Passover. How was he to uproot out of such a simple heart the weeds sown there by evil men? The rabbi saw that words would just then be useless. A beautiful thought came to him, and he said, So be it, dear friend. Come into the synagogue to-morrow at this time, and I will grant your request. But till then you must fast, you must not sleep all night, but watch in prayer, for this is a very grave and dreadful thing." The Jew went away full of gladness, and did as the rabbi had told him. Next day, at the appointed time, he came again, worn with hunger and lack of sleep. The rabbi took the key of the synagogue, and they went in there together. In the synagogue all was quiet. The rabbi put on a talis and a kittle, lighted some black candles, threw off his shoes, took the Jew by the hand, and led him up to the ark. 
the rabbi opened the ark, took out a safer Torah, and said, You know that for us Jews the scroll of the law is the most sacred of all things, and that the list of denunciations occurs in it twice. I swear to you by the scroll of the law, if any Jew, whosoever he be, requires blood at Passover, may all the curses contained in the two lists of denunciations be on my head, and on the head of my whole family." The Jew was greatly startled. He knew that the rabbi had never before sworn an oath, and now, for his sake, he had sworn an oath so dreadful. The Jew wept much, and said, Dear Rabbi, I have sinned before God and before you. I pray you, pardon me, and give me some hard penance, as hard as you please. I will perform it willingly, and may God forgive me likewise. The rabbi comforted him, and told no one what had happened. Yeah, he only told a few very near relations, just to show them how people can be talked into believing the greatest foolishness and the most wicked lies. May God, said my grandmother, open the eyes of all who accuse us falsely, that they may see how useless it is to trump up against us things that never were seen or heard. Jews will be Jews while the world lasts, and they will become, through suffering, better Jews, with more Jewish hearts. End of The Clever Rabbi, a folk tale by Anonymous. End of Yudishamisis, Yiddish Tales. Translated by Helena Frank and read by Adrian Pretzelis in Santa Rosa, California, 21st of Nissan in the year 5771. That's April 25th, 2011.